I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew from the Dad.io podcast, a podcast member of the Gonna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at gonnageeknetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 411 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, July 26th. 2020 and i am chris joining me today we do have a full house including a special guest we'll get to the guest last though because that's more important than the rest of us but we want to now now that's how it works joining us as per the usual one anthony bachman what's up fuckers that works also one willie nelson why do you always assume it's a good morning i mean i'm not saying wish people a bad morning but can it just be a neutral morning any morning i'm alive is still good i think that's where we're going is it i think so and our special guest today joining us normally in the peanut gallery in our chat room you know him as sailor poland we also know him as peter g thanks for joining us (laughs) have a chaotic good morning everybody peter peter gabriel's here (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not that skinny (laughs) i mean not all that you're not that skinny but oh it's not peter gabriel no uh, offense to you, but Peter Gabriel, man, it's Peter Gabriel. Hey, given a choice between meeting me and meeting Peter Gabriel, I'd meet Peter Gabriel too. So that's fair. Uh, so it's one thing I just true. realized, and it's it's really weird, but I did realize it was that as I was scrolling through my YouTube feed on Friday and Saturday, I was like, I'm seeing all these San Diego Comic Con videos, and I went, Oh yeah, it was supposed to be Comic Con. So yeah. now I'm getting cool panels online. So I haven't gotten to watch a ton of them. I've gotten to watch some panels, but it, it feels. So less hyped as per your normal Comic Con, but I almost prefer it this way, which is I'm not having to tune into six thousand different sources and wait for bootleg videos to get put online. It's all just online now. So you're like, I want to go watch this panel. You just type it in, and it's there, and it's a legal copy, and you just watch a panel, and you're good to go. Versus being like, well, I gotta wait until some bootleg copy gets up there. Yeah, I was gonna say, can we speed this up? I want. I got a Kevin Smith, a Bill and Ted panel. I want to go watch. Yeah, at least it'll still be saved so you can rewatch it. But that one looks awesome. I saw just a clip of it this morning. I was like, okay, I've got to sit down and watch that whole thing. It kind of just video capture it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> kind of makes me realize now, though, that San Diego Comic Con, while I might like to go one day just for the experience, if they can continue to do what they're doing now, which is put the experience, all the panels online, I don't care if they drop off to a blank screen if they want to show an exclusive trailer, but put the panel online and just let me sit on my couch and watch. That's not going to happen. Oh, not going to happen. There's too they much want, money. They want people, yeah, they want people booking that hall so that they can show how many people are interested. It's marketing. It's not a question of of, of appeal. So, but I yeah, enjoy this while you can. It's going to be back to normal before you know it. Well, unless the coronavirus is still a thing next year, which God knows at this point whether it will or not. Chris, it's going to stop November 3rd. It's going to be done with. Didn't you know that? <laughs> You've been on your aunt's Facebook page again, huh? Yeah, I got my tin foil hat. What of it? <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, my mo- my mom called me on the phone a couple of months ago, and she said that she can't prove it, but she knows that the coronavirus was engineered by the Democrats. Hmm. And I'm like, my mom is like two steps away from saying the Earth is flat and being anti-vax. I swear to fucking God. I have a cousin who's anti-vax, or I guess a cousin-in-law. Uh, yeah. I feel. Yeah. 
You know, back when I was in college, you know, oh, we're developing the Internet and mankind will have access to all the knowledge of the world. and It'll bring in a new era of humanity. And well, guess what? Access to knowledge wasn't the problem. Mm -hmm. One of the smartest things I've ever seen was in Men in Black. A person can be smart, but people are stupid. Not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like Neil Gaiman says, Google will give you 100,000 answers. A librarian will give you the correct one. Yeah. Well, I mean they'll give you access to mm-hmm. to find a right answer. <laughs> Having the ability to critically research something is something that mankind yeah. is missing nowadays. Like I remember. Okay. Ooh, like, I like that critical research. Okay. That, that's, that's, I need to, I, I need mean, to remember that. There's Thank a difference you. between typing something in, in Google and assuming it's true versus go back and think about the kind of learning they taught us in like elementary, middle and high school, which is you have to do a research paper. You have to write something up on this. It was go to the library, pull books from the library, pull sources from like Lexis Nexus and things like that. Accredited sources that are researched versus this dude I went to high school with uh, posted this on his Facebook and it's got to be true because he's never lied to me. Well, bitch, I got Wikipedia. Shut up. (laughs) Well, there's there's an additional wrinkle in my mind, at least. And it's that we're not teaching how this how the scientific method works anymore. You know, I keep seeing people that talk about the virus. I'm saying the virus because if you say the name, it's going to get you bounced off YouTube. There have been a lot of channels struck over this. And uh, I see people who are who are complaining about, well, first the scientists said this about the virus. And now they're saying that I'm like, that's how the scientific process works. Right. You experiment, you fail, you learn, you repeat. But people think that it's like a CSI episode where you have the answers instantly and they're dismissing the scientific process because they don't get how it really works. Or just yeah, dismissing with, science. With new facts. Yeah, with new facts, science changes. Right. So I, so it's it's not just it's not just what Chris said. I think another part of it is that people are not taught how research is done anymore. They've been sold the story that it's just something that happens instantaneously and you get the right answers. And they have and so they just disregard anything that doesn't fit what they've been conditioned to think is true. Yeah. I think it actually happened when the change came where I remember originally doing research papers in school and you were not allowed to use Wikipedia as a source. Because it was a bullshit source because anybody can change the data on Wikipedia. So my teachers originally were like, no, you can't use that. It's not real. And now it's accepted as fact when kids do research papers and stuff. It's like, oh, no, Wikipedia is a solid source. Uh, yeah, the Baikalim uh, conflict. Look at the story behind the Baikalim conflict was a fake war that was uh, that was listed in Wikipedia, but because of, of of admin wars and stuff like that going on behind the scenes, it, the page would not get taken down. So here was a blatantly made up story <laughs> on yeah. Wikipedia, and people were fighting to keep it up there. So that's why uh, Wikipedia, we're dedicated to truth. Give us money. I'm like, ah, screw you. If you really believed in that, you wouldn't have had the Baikalin conflict up there Look, for almost a goddamn decade. Wikipedia can be a starting point when you're trying to figure yes. something out. And then you can use yes. the sources that are linked to it as the next step of things you look into and then dig in yes. from there. Yes. Okay, it being is, critical. It's a useful first yeah. approximation, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, the way I described it is it'll get you past a congressional subcommittee, but I wouldn't use it on the experts. Look, I'm pretty sure I don't know if I've told the story on this podcast or not before, but but did I tell the story of Tobias Bandit and the rampage of the Statue of Liberty that we had on Wikipedia? Go on. So Mm -hmm. this this goes back to to my uh, my Internet message board days when I used to be a regular poster on the Force.net's Star Wars message board. So we're talking this is probably 15 years ago, 
or for so the kids that don't know, Reddit used to be on ten thousand different websites <laughs> instead of just one website. Well, the boards still exist. I still lurk on the Force.net's <laughs> message boards and occasionally post, but not on anything Star Wars anymore because neither here nor there. We know what Star how Star Wars has been changed for me lately. But we had this one kid on there that was super gullible. So us in our sage wisdom of internet trolls that were not terrible internet trolls, just like to screw around with people, decided to start selling or spinning this yarn about how the Statue of Liberty came to life in the 1920s. And that was actually the basis for why they did that in Ghostbusters 2. And there oh was a God. rampage in New York City where one of our posters went by the username of Andalite Bandit. So Andalite's from uh, K.A. Applegate's uh, Animorphs. <gasps> yes. yes. And he, his avatar was like an Andalite with a lightsaber in his hand. And he told oh, the tale God. of his great, great uncle or grandfather. I can't remember. Tobias Bandit, who lost his life to try um. and save the city of New York during the Statue of Liberty's rampage. And we even updated the Statue of Liberty uh, Wikipedia page and a few other things there. It only lasted for like three Jesus. days before they took it down. And it all came down to the Statue of Liberty is a sentient being that we've been keeping in suspended animation by pointing microwave emitters directly at her. And there was some kind of power surge or something. And the microwave emitters got damaged. And the Statue of Liberty came to life. And Tobias Bandit sacrificed his life to save the people of New York and recapture the Statue of Liberty. We had this whole long involved story and there were probably 20 plus different people involved in it. So we could start talking about it and be like, dude, it's on Wikipedia. And everyone in a group <laughs> edited a few different Wikipedia pages to say it. And we had this, uh, this guy just, I don't know if he was playing it up or not, but he was super gullible in general, but was totally believing it. We we're like, how the hell is this happening? What is going on? But that ever since, and I'm like, this is the flaw in Wikipedia. If you can make Tobias Bandit and the Statue of Liberty's rampage through 1927 happen, you have to think critically. And they I want named it after the character who got stuck as a red-tailed hawk after the first book. Well, yeah, we took a lot of inspiration from Andalite Bandit, who came up with the idea. So we used a lot of uh, Animorphs Easter eggs in this story. I would so animate this. I would so make this a movie. I really would. I mean, I, I think that the uh, the post history has probably been lost from the multiple board migrations from the Force.net. But there was this well, whole group also, of people involved. I was going to say, well, there's also the question of rights. So because I mean, I know that uh, Reddit or t I think it's either Reddit or Tumblr. Everything is considered public domain, but individual message boards have different rules. So it could be that this gets filed under something else. But still, it's a hell of an idea. It, it was a fantastic story. And the entertainment factor, I remember there were like private message threads going back and forth where we we're all giggling about what's the next step in the uh, in the Statue of Liberty's rampage through New York City. And it kind of took a life of its own in the uh, in the community message board for like a month after the story got told. It was fantastic because everyone was hard selling the fact that it was real just to screw with this kid that thought it was real. <laughs> I approve. Yeah, well, uh, you saw me salute just a minute ago. Yes, that that is beautiful. That is, I'm actually kind of jealous I didn't get to participate in that. I will see when we get into the news of the week and some other people are doing their tales. If I can find through any Google searches or anything like that, the story of Tobias Bandit and see what can happen. But the best thing after that is it kind of became an in-joke and... For years afterwards, the guy, uh, Andalite Bandit, and I don't even know if he's active there anymore, would always make references to his great uncle Tobias or whatever and things. And like <laughs> everyone who was around that time would just start snickering. <laughs> <laughs>
So let as, me get this as my great uncle Tobias used to say. <laughs> so they turned the Statue of Liberty into a Cthulhu type creature, like autonomous machine. She was alive, if, if I recall correctly, yeah. and we were capturing and containing her via microwave emitters. Yeah, if if you play GTA and you go to Liberty City, the Statue of Liberty there, there's actually a beating heart inside of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's creepy. To, yeah, That's if you get disturbing. There, yeah, it's you, the, is it also like chained up to the center? Uh, it's yeah. creepy. Uh huh. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like you're going through this. I'm like, well, I wonder if now I'm wondering. It's like, is that a joke in GTA? Was there somebody on the staff who was involved in this? <laughs> All right, well, let's go. Let's go back a little further back. Let's go back to Twisted Metal Two back on the PS One. There was a um, yeah, Twisted Metal Two World Tour. There was a uh, New York City was, uh, where you're on the top of skyscrapers. You could uh, actually aim your car and shoot at a missile at the uh, Statue of Liberty. Uh, you blow up once, and I think uh, you keep hitting it, and it keeps like it gets fatter and fatter until it blows up, and then it's just a woman in a bikini, still in the you know the classical green look. <laughs> Dude, I'll, and all I all I can hear is Magneto lightning in a giant copper <laughs> statue. I thought you lived in a school. <laughs> I, I, I have so many problems with that movie but god I love that line <laughs> which movie was that one the very first X-Men movie they're oh. all like stuck inside the top of the Statue of Liberty and Storm starts threatening him with a lightning strike and he's yeah. like lightning and a giant copper statue I thought you lived in a school yeah that's like, bitch uh... what are you dumb you'll kill well, everybody here <laughs> I mean she also gave the line of uh you know, yeah. lightning. It does or, the same. Yeah, for all, what or, the what? Or Halle Berry was not treated very well with that script. Well, I mean, ne- neither was the character of Cyclops in any of the movies. I will, put, I will put it to you though that Wolverine proving his identity that scene alone makes up for that. So that's it. I like that. that <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like, yeah, that'll do it. Oh <laughs> yeah, the, the middle, the middle dick. claw. Yeah. yeah it, no, when uh, when uh, Scott's ready to play, it's really me. Prove it. You're a dick. It's got okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's actually more amazing about the original X Men is they actually had a blooper that, if you look in, uh, look in the bloopers on the uh, special features, uh, there's a certain cameo by a Sony owned property. Spider Man makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. He just walks in saying, "Oops, wrong movie." <laughs> yeah, they, they did. The cast didn't know it was coming, and they caught him by surprise. That's good. I like it was it. funny it's watching fun. their reactions to it. I'm surprised I got that to keep to keep to put into the special features and all that uh, tell me how they managed to keep uh, keep spider-man's appearance in the italian job in there that was a paramount movie uh, i've never seen the italian job uh when they're when they're doing when the when the heist begins at the end when they blow the streets they can drop the armored car when the crowd scatters you can see a guy in a spider-man costume running away with the crowd Fair enough. <laughs> and it's like i saw that i'm like okay how did that get through <laughs> And they focus on you can clearly it's not in the background or anything. You clearly see Spider-Man and it's like, okay, what what rights uh, wrangling did they have to go through in order to put this in there? So Uh, someone's getting paid. I'm sorry to say that I cannot find via any Google searching the story of Tobias Bandit anywhere. I think it's been lost to the Internet. Google, you have failed me for the last time. I've been lost (laughs) to the Internet. Uh yeah, oh, wow. like the uh, like Peter Capaldi's doctor says, stories are where memories go when they when they're forgotten. When fact becomes legend, print the legend. <laughs> I'm just kind of bummed. I wish I could find the story because I don't remember the full story because I was 
in the middle of his summer internship and I didn't have as much time to dedicate to it as I wanted. If I'm remembering the time correctly, it kept coming back up, though. It was a recurring gag, but it was fun. I miss it. Mm. Oh, well. <sighs> You're right there, Willie. You hanging in there with us? Uh, Hanging in there? Is that really the right term you want to use? You laying in there with us? Yeah, let's go with that one. For those I took unaware, my steroids. Hopefully it's going away. For those unaware, Willie's been under the weather, so he's just joining us voice only today. Oh, yeah. My leg feels like it's uh, broken in three places. Ow. Yeah, because uh, that's how it feels. Yeah, because he's laying on the couch in a snow pants Sunday, so we're being spared. Well, I mean, in the middle of a pandemic, it's no pants every day, to be <laughs> honest. I mean, what reason that's do true. I have to put pants on? I haven't worn pants since February. I was talking to my wife oh, would you? yesterday, and I, or it might have been Friday, I can't remember, and I realized that since they issued stay-at-work-at-home orders for me at the end of March, I've only put shoes that were not flip-flops or sandals on once since then. And that was because I had to go back to work one day to pick up something from the office before I came back to home. Other than that, I've worn shorts, a t-shirt, and flip-flops or slippers every day. I don't understand flip-flops. Well, when I have to take the dog out to do his business, I don't want to have to put real shoes on. I can keep them by the door and just slide my feet in and go. Well, I mean, I get sandals because I, I need that. I need something to hug onto my ankle, like the back of my heel. I need something there because otherwise it just flies all over the place. I hate flip flops. I don't understand them. I'd hate them. Let's get rid of them. Just, you know, let's just get rid of them. While we're at it, let's get rid of Crocs, too. That's what I wear to take the dog out is Crocs or flip-flops anymore. <laughs> Just because if you it's rain. sandals, you son of a I have some sandals, too. I've got three different ways I can leave the house. There's a different pair of shoes by each door. You could also just go barefoot. Mm, no. Remind yeah. me to tell this story during what I'm into, why I don't want to walk in my backyard barefoot. you got to remind me this story, Willie, in case I forget. If you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen already the story I told on Friday. About my You're relying life. on me to remind you of something? <laughs> yeah, we're bound. <laughs> you must be in a hard place. I mean, I can tell the story now if you want. It just delays us getting to the news of the week. Oh, we'll just wait for what we're bringing into. That'd be hilarious because this just happened this week. That'd be just, hilarious. It's going yeah. to be hilarious. It's going to be brilliant after the news of the week. It's called a teaser. ATG and Studios on uh, the internet. It's the news of the week. Welcome to the News of the Week. It's that part of the show where we run down what is in our minds. Some of the most interesting, geeky, and or nerdy news to have popped up here in the last week. And share it with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date. And we do have a full house this week. I'm sure we'll have a ton of news. All I know is I don't want to go first, so I'm taking volunteers. Who would like to go first? Well, Okay, I'll, I'll go first. I'm trying to light a cigarette, man. You <laughs> caught me at the wrong time, man. Navy, oh, never again sticker. volunteer yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Next, next time, put the camera on so we can see if you're distracted, will you? Well, you're supposed to just know this. <laughs> Willie's on camera. Out. He's just staring straight ahead like this. I just assume he's distracted. What? What? Exactly. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm going back to playing my game. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you kick us off, Peter? What do you got for us? Okay, so uh, you mentioned the San Diego Comic-Con and the virtual panels and stuff like that. And uh, they had the virtual Star Trek panel. Yeah, everybody take a note. For once, I'm not going to be bitching about Batman or Apple. I'm going to be bitching about Star Trek for a change. Uh, so uh, they, it was like, I think it was like an hour and a quarter, hour and a half. 
featured a table read of an episode of Discovery, you know, and uh, they so they announced there's an animated series that'll be premiering on Nickelodeon called Prodigy, which is old news. We've all know uh, we've known this title for for several months now. But the key reveal was the reveal of Star Trek uh, Lower Decks. And for those of you who think that, for those of you who are, you know, when do we reach the bottom of uh, Paramount completely fucking up Star Trek? This is pretty close to never, <laughs> never. Is there money yeah, involved? I, because we'll never hit yeah. the bottom so long as there's money. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like Star Trek, or it's like South Park. Every time you think this can't possibly get any more out of control, they manage to punch through another strata and hit this. So uh, Lower Decks, uh, it's uh, it's one of the showrunners worked on Rick and Morty. Uh, so take that what you will. The problem is, is that the trailer is not funny. The art style is stupid. Uh, you're ba basically the Federation. All the men act like dude bros. You know, they're they're high fiving each other, going to have a beer after a successful first contact. The central character is some guy who he's an ensign, but he wants to be a captain, but he just is so unlikable and so annoying about his career ambitions. Uh, he has, uh, there's another person. She, you usually see her with her sleeves rolled up. Sometimes the front of her, of her, uh, the front flap of her uniform open. I never saw Mr. Scott like that. I never saw anybody on Star Trek with their sleeves rolled up. I understand they're trying to do it to indicate she's a person of action and all that, but this is, you know, this is the military. This is Starfleet. And you're not, and there's there's one scene in the trailer where they're in one of the shuttle in one of the shuttles. People are working on the shuttle while she's in it with the, with the one guy. And the control panel has stuff spilled on it from like a Starbucks cup or something like that, which would never fly in the first place. I'm so, um, for those of you who are looking for a good read, there's a Star Trek novel called How Much for Just the Planet. How Much for Just the Planet introduces us to the first slob Vulcan. Uh, it's this Vulcan who just is so absent-minded. He has the strength that is kind of like a peppermint shake that he keeps spilling everywhere. And in the book, when, uh, when Kirk mentions his name, Spock just starts absent-mindedly brushing the front of his uniform. Uh, <laughs> but this, the control panel's got all this stuff on it, and She's enjoying the fact that the blast shield goes up and down to the point where she's even singing about it. It goes up, it goes down, blast shield. And this encapsulates the entire problem with lower decks. First of all, why would you want someone like this on your crew? Somebody who is so amazed by the blast shield that they start acting like this. Is, and the is, second thing is, uh, go ahead. Is lower decks actually like serious or is it supposed to no. be like cartoon parody it, thing? It's supposed to be a comedy. But okay. I you never know from the trailer because I didn't laugh once. Uh, so first of all, it's why would you want someone like this on your crew to begin with? And the second problem is, why does the blast shield only cover the windows? Why wouldn't you want a blast shield to cover the entire goddamn ship? And so it, everything is being set up specifically to make fun of these characters. Uh, and it, it's, it's also, it also is pretty obvious it's trying to rip off the Orville because Seth MacFarlane has said that the name of the Orville came from a small town in California close to where he works. Well, the name of the ship in Lower Decks is based on a small town outside of where the Star Trek crew is working. So it's like, yeah, I see what's going on here. And, that you know, there's sex jokes, there's gross-out humor, there's... And here's the biggest problem, is that with Star Trek, you never got the impression that anybody was truly looked down on, even when they didn't like each other. You know, Nog managed to become a cadet, for crying out loud, and that was treated seriously. 
This, it's like we have a bunch of people, they're in positions of authority, and they're just a, bu and they're just a bunch of, you know, uh, uninvolved idiots. And here's the people on the lower decks that they make fun of. You're laughing at the characters instead of with them. And to my mind, it's like, if this isn't as un-Star Trek as it gets, you know, something happens and, well, and they don't even understand how the Star Trek universe works. They screw up and the one guy said, oh, we are so getting fired for this. I'm like, dude, Starfleet is Navy. You'd be getting green tabled, not fired. Get it through your goddamn head. So they've released this. It's, it's like two minutes long. Uh, the art style is reminiscent of Rick and Morty, which figures with the showrunner. But it's not funny. All the humor is obvious. All the characters are just cliches. There's not an original thought in there. And I suspect it's going to be one of those things where, you, you know, the scrappy underdogs manage to prove their worth and assert their uh, and assert their uh, their right to exist. But it's done in such a bad way. Why? You know, it's it's just it's just terrible. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, people worked on this. They spent they spent millions of dollars developing this. And in case you're thinking that I'm reading too much into this, I will point out that there is not an international distributor for this show. It is only going to be on CBS All Access. Netflix and Amazon have both said fuck off and they're not running it. So this is not good. <laughs> this is not good at all. Uh, people pirate it internationally if they want it at this point. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, if they want it, that's kind of the, that's kind of the wrinkle is the problem. And this brings up my next point. We're sponsored by NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm just kidding. like Americans are going to do a tenant when tenant comes out in all the other countries first. <laughs> yeah, there was a reason they moved the release of Endgame to be day and date around the world. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> no. Now, I do have to point something out. Steve and John here in our chat room pointed out in regards to sleeves being rolled up. Chief O'Brien in Deep Space Nine did it all the time. Oh, he did? I before, didn't remember that. Before they got the new uniforms from the movies, when they had the uh, huh? the old school ones, that he had his sleeves right. rolled. And then, just because we're nitpicking, and because I remember it, I'll join in with an additional nit. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, when he was wearing the new costume in Generations, like the Deep Space Nine uniforms, he had to roll his sleeves up because his arms were longer than Avery Brooks, and he was wearing Avery Brooks' costume. <laughs> well, but the counter to that is that they were actually working on something. She True. just had her yeah. sleeves rolled up as a casual look. I'm just nitpicking because it entertains me, that's all. <laughs> oh, I, I understand. I mean, nitpicking is what is, Star Trek was was based on nitpicking. I mean, to this day, I'm still, I'm still, it's like, I understand I'm supposed to hate Jellico, but I really didn't. Yeah, I mean, you're he supposed didn't, to. He, he didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, he wasn't for like putting Troy in standard uniform. That was just standard procedure. It's, and Riker giving him shit for it. It's like, no, he's just doing things by the book. It's just a different commander. He's not being a jerk for saying he wants things run according to regulation. I understand he wasn't popular, but he wasn't he wasn't Cruella de Vil. I mean, Jesus Christ. His problem is he wasn't Picard. That's all it really came down to there. Right. Yeah. Well, we yeah. all can't be. It's true. No, I'll be, it's, I'll be honest. You're, you're trying to downplay this show, and you're just making it sound like it's a, a ship full of Zap Brannigans, and that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except more, a more ship uh, full of them. Heady. That sounds uh, awesome. Except more, sure? uh, except more meat heady than uh, um, you know sexist. Which, well, well, that's part of the. I mean, I don't like. Yes. I, I don't like meathead humor like that. Fair you enough. know, I like. I like something that has some ingenuity. I mean, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I love, but that's actually ingenious in how it handles its stupidity. The Shakespeare, the Mike Rula. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but the, but this, nope. it's kind of it's kind of like watching Stripperella. It's like you can tell where the jokes are going and what kind of jokes they're going to make before the scene even starts. Tits. There's a reason the, the only two. Yeah, the only two episodes of Stripperella I liked were the, were the ones with Cheapo. Everything else, you know, I knew the jokes that were coming for the clitoris before they hit. I knew the jokes that were coming. It was just painfully obvious. Yeah, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Stripperella was an animated, sto- an animated series. It starred the then-it girl Pamela Anderson as a stripper by day, a secret agent by night. It was created by Stan Lee. And it was, as you can tell from the setup, it was mostly sex jokes, and it was pretty lame. The one exception was Cheapo. And basically, especially with the current storyline going on in the Batman comics, I would love to see Cheapo jump into the Batman universe. Cheapo was the world's cheapest supervillain. Uh, when, when we first meet him, he's trying to rob a dollar store. The first story has him trying to steal the world's largest cubic zirconium, which is valued at like eight bucks. Uh, he steals fake furs. He wants to steal copper bars so he can make counterfeit pennies. This guy was a riot. And it was just so brilliant and it was so out of place in the rest of the show because he was actually funny. He showed up and you're like, oh, God, now what's going to happen? Whereas everybody else is like, can we move on? We know the joke is coming. What's coming up next? So and this falls under the category of the rest of Stripperella where you can tell what's going to happen. Everything's everything's just a basic cliche as opposed to the ones with Cheapa where it's like, OK, this actually where are we going to go with this? This is interesting. All right, I got it. I got it. I know who Cheapo is, his secret identity. It's Roger Corman. Done. <laughs> We're done here, right? We, we win. <laughs> that, would, that would not surprise me, actually. That would actually be pretty funny if, if old Uncle Raj voiced Cheapo. That would be a riot. But yeah, I would love to see Cheapo jump into the main Batman universe because after something as heavy as like what's going on right now with the Joker, and then just have him like, oh, God, I got to deal with this guy now. He is a I mean, great comic relief. I mean, if they can make Calendar Man look intimidating, mm. kind of. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about the Arkham games, at least. <laughs> they make him <laughs> seem like he's more than what he is, but... Uh... Well, it's a, it takes a deft touch to make a character truly menacing. Look at uh, look at what they did with Dr. Light and Identity Crisis. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thing. Yeah, you got you to gotta know what you're doing to write good characters, and well, there's not a lot of people who know how to do that nowadays. That's actually a really good example, though, because Dr. Light would have been a joke forever. Then all of a sudden you yeah. realize why he's a joke, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's dark. And this yeah, guy have is a good a, reason for him yeah. to now be a joke. It's like, oh, that's fucked up. Oh, wait, Metzler wait. Not, Metzler knocked that one out of the park. Hold on a second. I think you guys are jogging something in my memory. I think I know. Wasn't it something sexual? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Don't explain well, it if it is. Just say, okay, it is. Okay, yeah. I'm well, good on that. Need to say no more. Mind, to my mind, though, that actually made him even even worse as a villain just because anytime he appeared from that point, they had to depict him as a sexual predator. It's like now he's no longer just, you know, a man of the world. That became what he was known for. It's it's like Hank Pym. You know, everybody makes jokes about Hank Pym, and it's like, no, can we move on, folks? Especially with Hank Pym. He and his wife reconciled. They've worked through it and everything like that, but they keep bringing him up as the joke of the Marvel Universe. I'm just thinking Dr. Light has to be on a registry for the supervillains. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Did, well, didn't uh, um, uh, Lex Luthor make a clone of him and Superman? What was the kids? Was that Superboy or something? I can't remember. What, help me out here. 
Connor uh, was his was half okay. Lex, yeah. half uh, Kal El. So I can I can just imagine at the, one point the the the, uh, the Legion of Doom just having a meeting, and all of a sudden Doctor Light comes in. Lex is like, "All right, you 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 can't be in here when my son's here. You need to come to the next meeting." <laughs> to be all right, clarification: Doctor Light was not a child predator. Oh, uh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I, I'm, oh, I'm okay, yeah. All the yeah, way yeah he was he was a rapist. Yeah, he was a rapist. Yeah. He's, oh, he somehow wait. got on the watchtower and and uh, and raped Sue Dibney. Yeah, and, and who was Sue? And, who was that? The elongated man's wife. Yeah. Uh, yes, I don't. What? Uh, where? Do, I don't remember when I saw this, but I have a distinct memory of reading about this. His identity I, crisis. It was the it, biggest story of like a five year period when it came out because it was amazingly well written. Uh, I hated yeah. it. I hated. It. I thought. I thought. I did. But my opinion. I thought identity crisis was 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 a horribly written story. Oh wait! But, I did read this. Holy! I did. Re- oh yes! I did read this. I did it, Christ! I did get some of this those. This is your weekly reminder, folks, that Willie is literate. <laughs> <laughs> Willie read books. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't be raising expectations, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I just said you read books once. <laughs> I'm not saying you can read. Hey, 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 I did. Oh, I mean, I proved earlier. I did read the uh, the uh, animals. I mean, that that was my thing. Well, does that count as reading? Really, everyone who's in this yeah, age bracket probably read some Animorphs at some point in time, considering it was like the hottest thing of the '90s for like a three-year, four-year run. I'm, I'm, I'm so right. glad I'm older than y'all. Animorphs <laughs> was good. Yeah, hell, even had Iceman in the show, the live-action show. I never saw the live-action show, but yes, he was and, the lead, uh, Jake, whatever his last Animorphs name. Animorphs was dark as hell too. The way it ended too, because they killed off a bunch of people from the main story cast. The one character got PTSD after the fact and they don't gloss over it. Like it ends on the note that, Hey, war's hell. And this war fucked these Uh, kids up. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, when aliens come down and give you some special powers, I mean, it happens, but they seem so friendly on power Rangers. Do they? (laughs) Well, remember what was, uh, I hated power Rangers, but what was it? Zordon or something like that? What was Zordon? Yeah. What was this big thing? Find me five teenagers with attitude. Well, mm-hmm. that's kind of a low bar. Uh, <laughs> All right, let me go to this porn shoot over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're in California already, Angel Grove. I'm to sure be, they shoot porn. To be fair, it was exactly what it was supposed to be, which was just a cheap show they could put on TV that kids were going to want to watch. It did what mm-hmm. it needed to there, have cool explosions and special effects. If you want I'm, a more adult take on the Power Rangers, the uh, the books they've been writing have actually been really good. Like Kyle Higgins' run on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was fantastic. I understand. I, I, know, I actually I love. See, did you watch the the toys that made us about the Power Rangers? Mm-hmm. Or they talked about how Heim Saban built it up to this giant thing, sold it off, and then when it crashed, he bought it back. Yeah, like the dude's a genius. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. There's people who like Power Rangers, and that, and that's fine. It's like when I was when I was growing up. For me, that was I love Transformers, and then one day out comes Thundercats, and I thought Thundercats was the dumbest thing ever. But there's people who loved it, so it's like Thundercats oh, okay. was awesome. I mean, you can't go back and watch it because I <laughs> loved me some Thundercats. Oh, I, mean, I do too. I even have a Thundercats belt buckle, but I mean, you can't go back and watch that and take it seriously. Look, some of these things that we loved as children do not age well. Go back and watch uh, old episodes of He Man and the Masters of the Universe. It looks very different when you go through it with the mind yeah. of I was eight years old and watched this show versus oh I'm in my mid thirties and watched this show and go what the hell was I thinking. Yeah, I'm I, sorry. I think Can I was exactly about- eight when He-Man came out. I was the perfect demographic. Like I had the Eternia big wheel. 
Like I had all things nice. He-Man. I was the perfect age group when that cartoon hit the shelves and the toys started coming out. I had everything He-Man. I remember at one point trading a rat skateboard for the Eternia castle because I oh. got a skateboard somehow that this kid wanted so bad. I was like, I'll trade you for the fucking castle. <laughs> now, now correct me uh, if I get this name wrong, but wasn't there a bad guy named Fister? Fisto. No, Fisto. 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 Okay. Fisto was a hero. Just making sure. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Just want to clarify that. Fisto. I'd, yeah, yeah, it's it is really it is really weird watching He Man and all the stuff that you missed when you were a kid. Now, yes. and it's like, oh wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's but go yeah. back to Wonder Woman getting tied up. Let's go back well, to them once again. I'm super excited about the new Masters of the Universe, which Kevin Smith keeps talking about. Like he just wishes he could show it because he's seen stuff coming back from the animation studio, and oh, apparently they, fin- they finished all of Mark Hamill's voice lines. So like he's hearing all these tracks come in. Like, oh, that show sounds like it's going to be so awesome because it's a continuation of Skeletor. Skeletor. Oh, that's of course. Yeah, he gets to play Skeletor. Not today, no, yeah. Heat Man. <laughs> uh huh. Just for that alone, the rest of the cast is also amazing. Like Lena Hades in it. Freaking um, uh, I can't remember the kid that's playing He Man. There's another I mean, great voice actor. It. Like, there's a ton of great voice actors, and it's a continuation of the original cartoon. That's Why? where they're going. Wait, we already had a continuation of the original cartoon. The movie. No, there, <laughs> no, was, no. No, there was there was a He-Man animated series after the first one. It was where bad. I think like it blew up or something like that. Yeah, he and left he Eternia and, and he had like oh, a yeah. laser sword then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're skipping all of the, the in-between stuff and just going back to the original and moving forward. But yeah, I'm excited for it because yeah, I, I, I love me some He-Man. Uh, terrible fucking name. Uh, we he, he, we got a, a super strong guy. Uh, 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 I can't think of a name. Let's just go with uh, He Man. Okay. Yeah, the Next name was completely on the nose for the sequel cartoon. It was called The New Adventures of He Man. He Man is such a dumb name, though, when you think about it. It's the perfect fun. You can call him He Man. So oh, it's man. the most alpha name ever. Exactly. That's what's so funny. <laughs> That's why it's great. They they should make a show like that. Just make there's, him a dude, bro. There's no subtlety in that show, and that's why it's awesome. With his page boy haircut and his pink shirt. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, the then synopsis, when he transforms, he has a fur little speedo. Mm. The synopsis of the new adventures of He-Man is, quote, He-Man, a legendary defender of Eternia, has been summoned to the futuristic planet of Primus to defend the planet from the evil mutants of the neighboring planet of Denebria. However, his old adversary Skeletor has followed him and allied himself with the mutants in his fight to conquer the whole universe. Together right, with a team out. of galactic guardians, He-Man fights to defend Primus and all of its power resources from the continuous attacks by Skeletor and the mutants. Basically, only He-Man and Skeletor off world. over there. And then everyone so as soon as you said off-world, I'm done. <laughs> please, please tell me that somebody makes a, makes a Tommy the Cat reference in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if he's got yeah. defend Primus, you might as well go with the joke. But he, man, I can't do this. It was all, totally- all that is is a mutant toy line that needed to be sold. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this was we got to sell toys. Let's take He Man and Skeletor and put them here, and they won't even look like <laughs> He Man and Skeletor that much. What kids want He Man toys nowadays? Eight year old boys. Give it, give it. Oh, time. <laughs> oh! I had to. Although I will say, I had the most awesome, and probably sh- they shouldn't have never made it. Uh, action figure from He-Man when I was a kid. I forget the character's name. It might have even been from the movie. I can't remember. But he had a little flint thing that you could strike in oh, the back yes. of the wheel. I remember and that And its one. sparks would come out of his mouth like 
who, who I'm looking back at this now like who why why let's just yeah let's just have this fire hazard character if you if you want to talk about hazards think about the the hot wheels make your own car sets because you had to actually melt wax to put to make your car out of so it's like yeah let's put uh the heated wax in the hands of a bunch of kids who, who like getting physical with each other good idea so the character was Sorod, and he was from the film. Uh, I didn't right. oh, oh, yes, shoot, I was right. Shoots yeah. real sparks from his mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, and since since we're on this, and if you want to get a little bit adult with uh, He-Man, there is a song by a band named, I'm looking for, there it is, Narkill, which I think is a bunch some people from uh, like Bam Margera's friends. I can't remember the names or anything off the top of my head. But the song is called Skeletor slash Beastman exclamation mark. <laughs> it is very raunchy, and it's all about Skeletor and Beastman talking about, well, putting things in each other. It's yeah. very entertaining, though. Yeah, Only for mature audiences. Yeah, but it does fit the actual original show because they got really, I s- really I risque. The, I still remember the cartoon that came out when the whole Bowsette thing was going on. Mario, <laughs> Mario and Bowser are sitting in front of a computer looking at the Bowsette stuff. They kind of look at each other. They look back at the screen. And then Sonic the Hedgehog comes up and says, oh, you guys haven't seen anything. Oh, if you want to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, the best animation like parody of Sonic the Hedgehog is Sardnark the Hedgehog. Oh, my God. If you can find that on YouTube. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, Sardnark. <laughs> oh, oh, Tolls. No. So I will go next with my news story because it's relatively short. Uh, okay. Coming out of Comic-Con, like they did have the boys panel where they were able to talk about what was coming up with season two. I watched Are they back most in town? Of- yes, they're back in town. <laughs> I watched most of it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, for those that don't know, season two of the boys starts on Amazon on September 4th. You get the first three episodes and then every what? week after that, you get a new episode. So they are not giving you the entire season in one fell swoop. They are going oh, semi-weekly and we'll have a like recap show similar to, like Talking Dead afterwards from what i had seen but that's not the real important reason why i bring this up why i bring this up is season two hasn't even aired yet amazon already greenlit season three they've been renewed for season three they have no idea when they're going to get to film or anything like that so there will be at least three seasons of the boys and as someone who really enjoyed the show i'm excited so the boys are going to stay in town yes you'll get more of carl (laughs) urban calling people c words it's going to be great sorry (laughs) well they're they're invisible God. Ain't the invisible cut. The race here, great. <laughs> He's so that's a that's some dead by daylight uh, humor. When, yeah, when they said they were picking him for the butcher. I couldn't believe it because yeah, that's such great casting. He's so good in that role. Yeah, I mean that's just a good show. I like it. I enjoy. It. I, I enjoy enjoyed it. it. I, I understand why it might not be some people's cup of tea because there are some people that like watch the first episode like this is not what I expected from a superhero show. I'm like. Yeah, it's not what you should be expecting from yeah, a superhero that's show. That's the point. Yeah, it's it's not what you think it is. <laughs> eh, screw those people. I'm on board for season three, though. Totally on board. I mean, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's watch season two to see if it's good first. Because they can always take a nosedive. Have, have no, you watched possibility? I've, I've read the majority of the book. As long as they keep making the boys, I'll keep watching it. Have you watched? Well, I'm just the, saying, they can take a nosedive. It's a possibility. Have you watched the clips they've put out of season two so far? It doesn't look I like I have not. I'm going to go in blind. I mean, yeah, they drive a boat through a whale. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, there's some good oh, shit. Oh, no. What, what's, the, what's the Aquaman guy's name? The Deep. The Deep. 
Yeah, the deep is. I'm guessing. Oh my god, him and that dolphin in the first season. <laughs> yeah, god damn him and that. Dolphin. I I do wonder though. Like they they've pushed the limits on some stuff on a lot of these streaming services. I'm wondering if Amazon's going to have the balls. Will we eventually get Hero Gasm? Because if they do Hero Gasm, um, then nothing is off limits anymore. I don't know what that is, but they insane. did that in Doom Patrol. Hero Gasm was a storyline in the boys where you find out that all crossover events where like the heroes and villains have to get together to fight a giant entity are all they've all been faked throughout history and what it actually is is that all the heroes and villains uh fly away act like they're going off planet and they Uh, actually go to an island where they just suck fucking do drugs for like two weeks as like downtime and yeah it's called hero gasm if they do that on the show i guess yeah doom patrol's hero gasm is probably a little bit different Yeah, because remember, Warner Brothers wants to keep things wants to keep that merchandise money rolling in, yeah. and they want to keep you guessing. They want to keep you guessing which app you have to buy to get the serve to get the show. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, that, that's my point. Is is the boys DC? No, no it was. Oh, oh, okay. it was Dynamite. I thought that had the published yeah. rights. Yeah, yeah. I'm still that, a little ticked off. I went. can't watch Titans on it HBO started, Max. It started at DC. Then they found out what they were publishing and they canceled the book <laughs> and then dynamite picked it up and ran the ran with it like crazy. Yeah. I think it's the first year. I want to say the first 12 issues were DC or something like that. And then, yeah, uh, literally like the head honchos at like time Warner were like, wait, we're printing a book that has what in it. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah. Remember folks showing somebody, something showing a girl being Stockholm syndrome into an abusive relationship. A-okay. Stuff of the boys. Oh, we're a respectable company. You know, hey, shit happens. <laughs> Lots of it. And a lot of it happens in the boys. <laughs> and they're back in town. Stop. It wasn't town. funny the first time, Willie. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're all you what you expect me to be funny now after five years? You expect me to be funny now. I expect you to occasionally pull it off. I pull it off a lot, but I'm not gonna do it in front of you. <laughs> My boys are back in town, too, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, there he goes. I'm not on camera. No, Willie. I'm not even going to justify that with the porn riff. I thought about it. but (laughs) Oh, thank God. I'm happy you did. I didn't even think about that. Fuck you. I already know you're looking for it. (laughs) Because you can see me look at the screen. I I know. I saw your head instantly jolt over like, oh, well, if he didn't like, well, I'm just going to go over here and look at it. This is a good impersonation to Chris, because look at me. I'm Mr. Marshall. <laughs> you tell him, Naki. Fuck you, Ghost of Naki. You're a bad person. Aha, uh-huh, you tell him, Willie. You're only making it worse when she comes back on the show, dude. Fuck she you, alternate Willie. <laughs> Willie, I think you're just stupid. All right, now you're just repeating, man. We're going around circles here. I hit three different buttons. I didn't do oh. any repeats. Also, there's multiple lines of Naki calling me stupid. Fair enough. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> How are you going in circles? You're laying down on a couch. Actually, he's the smartest one of all of us. He's laying on a couch to podcast. He's probably pretty yeah. relaxed. Well, I mean, <laughs> shooting pain, but oh, yeah, actually, the pain's actually going away. Thank you, BC Powders. You are excellent to me. I love you guys. <laughs> you so, yeah, you guys stay all you want, man. So, Willie, you've been you've been hung up on the couch. That gave you some time to play some games, though. I'm assuming because you wanted to talk to us about a game today. Uh, no, no, I've been I've been in a in a in a recliner chair. Not a couch. Oh, I'm sorry. I disparaged your proper method of relaxation for playing video games. 
Well, no, it's just what I it's what I had available. It's what's the easiest to get in and out of. Is a, that's all we're going. We're is it a power recliner? Can you like dump yourself out of it by pushing a button? And it just like tilts the chair forward and dumps you out. Mm, no, I'm not that lazy, but that would be actually very helpful. Not gonna lie, but no, it's not one of those. So go to GoFundMe.com/slash/LazyWilly to help him get his mechanical automated reclining chair. I don't know. Don't actually go there. It doesn't exest. Yeah, yeah. Exist, well, it might exist, but not for our Willie Nelson. Could exist for someone else. Willie Nelson is not affiliated with that link. <laughs> I mean, me or the actual. I was going to say, which one are we talking about? Either one. So, what what do you want so, to talk about? To about a ugh, my God, I can't talk. Take it away, Willie. <laughs> well, thank God you're hosting a podcast. Uh, well, I'm just, well, I'll, t- I'll take it over from you. Don't worry. <laughs> thank I, you. I lay your weary it. head to rest, because <clears throat> the boys are back in town. No, no. So. <laughs> We're, 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 we're a geek podcast, and we got to talk about some video games. Video games are pretty geeky. And uh, a big game just came out uh, last uh, Friday, uh, or Friday before last, I should say. And it has been uh, blowing records up because it's a new IP from um, a first-party uh, Sony uh, studio of Sucker Punch. It is Ghost of Tsushima. And... Um, in the game, you are Jin Sakai, a samurai and nephew to the Jito Lord Shimura. The Mongols are invading Japan. The first stop is the large island of Tsushima, before sailing on to the mainland. Their leader, Koto Khan, the grandson of Genghis Khan, easily snuffs out the samurai on the initial invasion, kidnapping the Jito and leaving you for almost dead. Now it is up to you to move beyond your honor and be more than samurai. You must be the ghost of Tsushima to save it. Con motherfucker <laughs> threw me off a bridge. Oh, he does. Uh, that's the that's the very end of the uh, prologue. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, goes to uh, Sushima. Uh, let me just break it down. What it is, uh, so you get a grander idea. It's pretty much the Assassin Creed formula, Ubisoft formula. Let's just keep it with like that. You know, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed. They all have that formula. So Open afraid world. to make a game with a female protagonist. Well, I mean they. Sorry, I was, I was taking an Ubisoft, Ubisoft reference there based oh, that's off fair of enough. some of the stuff that came out in the news this week. I mean, Sony also put out a game, Horizon Zero Dawn, that starred a female protagonist yes, <laughs> that was pretty sh- much one of the type of games. My shot wasn't at Sony. My shot was at oh, okay, Ubisoft. Oh, gotcha. I, I got you. I didn't, didn't the Assassin's Creed... Well, yeah, they, didn't, they haven't had a solo female the, heroine, the right? Guy who They've was only had ru- the duel. Like the the guy who assistant. was in charge of the game said that a female-led yeah. game wouldn't sell, so forced them to put male characters as the protagonist with optional fields where you could be a woman. Like, Assassin's Creed Origins, they wanted to not be about the dude. They wanted to be the lady as the main character. Mm-hmm. And they wanted yeah, to yeah, make, yeah, yeah. Tomb Raider? That, I'm glad that game didn't sell because as a female protagonist. <laughs> yeah, how, wait, how many games it has? What? Willie, how did they originally Man, sell the Tomb Raider that's... games? Uh, triangle titties. There you go. <laughs> hey, you can explore her pyramids. <laughs> not really, because the dude code does not exist. Did you both facepalm at the same time? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, all three. Uh, Never mind. Yeah. I got the trifecta. <laughs> really wins the day. He finally got the trifecta. Holy balls. <laughs> oh, oh. my boys are back in town for sure now i hate you so much right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's code for i just got off you're welcome yeah i saw that roll, but don't know okay so so it is pretty much a um like the ubisoft formula of us asking you know 
you have the open world. Yeah, some of it's locked off until you get to certain acts. Uh, you go and you explore more of it and you unlock things as you go, which is a good formula. I mean, it sells copies, man. It's it's a fun formula. There's no I, denying. Well, I mean, I lo- when you mentioned Sucker Punch, that's what got my interest in this. Oh, yes. Sucker, I've uh, I've always loved Sucker Punch. I had mm-hmm. their first game with, on the N64, Rocket Robot on Wheels. Most uh-huh. of you probably know Sucker Punch from Sly Cooper. So it's mm-hmm. like, so it's or like guys doing Sly Cooper are doing this. It's like okay, let's. Uh, I want to see what they got. You know, so, you know, you say Sucker Punch. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Let's see what they let's see what they can do with this. So I'm actually I'm actually intrigued with this now. Well, I've been putting in a lot of hours into it. I'm I'm in the uh, Act Three right now. I'm I'm assuming there's only three acts. I'm in the last part of the map. So there's no spoilers, of course, but uh, so just letting you know where I am. So I put a lot of hours in here. So I, I think I know what I'm talking about, at least, or whether or not I can convey it through words. That's eh, up to debate. Well, as basically you're living in a Kurosawa film. Yeah, it's a three act film. Oh, I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, I'm getting Kurosawa. <laughs> so when the game starts up, so let's just jump into it. Um, it gives you an option of, um, of uh, English uh, language. uh or Japanese language with uh, English subtitles. I do mean spoken language, of course. Or you can go to what they, the, the last option is Kurosawa mode, which is pretty much uh, which is named after Kurosawa. It is pretty much a black and white filter with kind of like a uh, film grain overlay on it. And also it changes the audio to sound like a from like, you know, a movie of the past. So they took details from that. And I like it. I'm never going to use Kurosawa mode because it also does the Japanese language with, I think, English subtitles. Yeah. I, I appreciate it's there, but I'm never going to play it. I started the game with the um, the Japanese language and then the English subtitles. Quickly turned that off, not because I'm against like subtitles or anything, but because I don't want to read in the middle of action to, to read what's going on. I can't look down. I just need to hear it. It's just better for gameplay purposes. That's all. It helps out with a lot of that. Not that I mind subtitles, I just don't want to do it while I'm trying to interact with stuff. So that makes sense. But Kurosawa mode is is beautiful. Um, photo mode does make a return is also beautiful. I should have sent some pictures, but I was lazy and in pain. Um, and yeah, the, the photo uh, mode has ten times the options that even the Spider-Man photo mode has. It's insane the amount of mm. options that you have taking photos in Ghosts. The fact that you can also change the weather by just toggling things, and the it just happens instantly. As soon as you go slide, there's no loading. It's just boom, switch, switch, switch. The weather, you can change the whatever time of day. But uh, yeah, so the gameplay, uh, you're a samurai, of course. You have your katana. Uh, then you quickly learn your most. You're honorable. You, you don't want to. You do. You, you always face uh, the, uh, the opposition face to face. You look them in the eye as you make judgment to to the enemy. Uh, but you quickly learn that the Mongols are not fighting fair. You really find that out when they send somebody out to um, pretty much challenge one of the Mongols in the very beginning. They mm. they, they 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 have some um, some uh, tactics that are they fight dirty. Oh yeah, Koto Kun. What a what a Koto cunt. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, uh, nice little uh, mo uh, se- not segment. Uh, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? 
uh, gameplay mechanic is a standoff. Pretty much when you come up, uh, you can in the open world, you can come up to random Mongols just traveling in the world or bandits, and then you can press up on the D-pad to go to a standoff mode. Uh, it pulls off a little cutscene, a little small cutscene where you walk in saying, send me your best fighter. And then you have to hold the triangle button as you get ready. And then the other person and the enemy gets in front of you. They can um, pretty much you have to release triangle when they attack. If you do it before, you pretty much go to like, let's just say one health. And then you have to fight out of it if you if you release too early. But if, if as soon as you see them move, you release triangle, you will kill them in one strike. And uh, later on, you do uh, give upgrades to that uh, perk where you can do it to two to three people. And then there's an armor later on where you can do up to five people and just get rid of five people with a standoff if you're skilled enough. Now, the uh, enemies, well, they will actually fake you out sometimes. So it's a little, uh, it's a little, uh, it gets harder as you go on. The first act was like, oh, this is a breeze. I can do this every time. Second act, like, oh. I've been faked out twice so far. Yeah, it, it happens. Don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> Don't feel bad at all. Uh, but other than that, the combat outside of that is feels good. The camera is a little bit of an issue. Dude, there is no lock-on uh, feature. But uh, I'm actually mostly... It hasn't really been too big of a problem. It's just a little annoying at very little times. Like You, you can point out, like, oh, yeah, it was not good there. But it's not really a big issue. I haven't had too big of issues where it's like a thing. So that's good. Um, you do get a horse that you can travel around. You can always call him, call your horse with a uh, left on the D pad. What's your horse's name? Sora. Gumdrops. Uh, yeah, I did Sora as well. You can't. So name I love it, Batman. You, you have three you choices. You have three choices of your horse's want. name, and so the the character actor uses the horse's name and talks to him in the game. It's fucking awesome. So you can't name him Buttercup Sprinkles or something like that. No, I mean you can in your head. I'm not gonna stop you. <laughs> So pretty much after the invasion goes wrong on the uh, the beach at the very beginning of the game, uh, your character is, uh, wakes up somehow still alive. You find out your uncle is kidnapped by uh, the the leader of the Mongol uh, invaders, and uh, then you try to take uh, you go to the castle where he's keeping them, and pretty much you know a scripted fi- a scripted loss in the in a game. It happens. They, they they do that, and then you get thrown off a bridge. And then the actual proper game starts of the open world. As I'm going to say right now, in the hours I put in, this is currently my game of the year. They got the feel and vibe of a samurai film, a classical samurai film, down. Like, there is no doubt about it. They, they got that feel to it. And I, I like that. The attention to detail. Uh, Bachman, you want to throw in uh, some uh, pointers in this? Uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, because I mean, I haven't watched a Kurosawa film in a while, but yeah, literally, once you start the game and start running around the world, like there's all these different sequences. Like, well, you'll finish a fight scene and you're standing there covered in blood, bodies all around you, and like the wind's blowing and like the the grass is moving in front of you and the clouds are going and stuff. Like, it's just every shot in this game is beautiful and it does feel like you're moving your way through a Kurosawa film. Like, it's just it's hardcore done extremely well to give you that feeling of being a samurai in a samurai movie and then at sometimes using ninja tactics um the other thing is i'm one of those people like i have trouble sometimes getting disoriented trying to figure out which direction you're going in a game and this game is weird because there's no compass there's no so you're, on, 
Yeah, there's no HUD, there's no compass, and so you're always trying to figure out where you're going. They had the ingenious idea since, like, probably the best thing since the ping system in Apex, you have the wind. And so basically in this game, you change your location where you want to go, and the winds, yeah, to track where your location, where you're heading. And so you pick that where you want to go on the map, and then the winds take you there. So you basically put the wind at your back and travel. And so even without having a compass, knowing which way is north and south, like I've never had any trouble finding anything as I'm moving around the island because it's just this great visual technique of you're just following the leaves, the rain, the wind. All the aspects of nature are actually pushing you towards your target, and then you just change the location of where you want to go. And yeah, it's just it's a genius technique. Like I'd never... It's something I never would have thought of for a game, and it's so simple and elegant because it also makes everything look great. Like it's literally an adventure of a samurai with the wind in his back as he travels down the roads and lops motherfucking heads off. Like, and I will it's say, so uh, much fun. I will say there is no HUD until you get into combat. Then you have a little uh, bottom left. You have your health, and then what they have yeah. uh, called is resolve, little yellow circles. Pretty much, you can use those to push down the D pad to heal yourself back up. You use your resolve to do that. You earn resolve by uh, killing enemies and doing standoffs. You earn it like that. So that kind of gives you like some extra health to put back into you. Yeah, and then you uh, use your and, resolve for super moves too. I didn't realize that yep. the first time I started doing the strike of heaven. I was like, <laughs> oh, every time I'm doing that, I'm using up a resolve. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, it's like uh, you stole the word right from me. Elegant. It's very elegant. Yeah, and uh, the world looks beautiful. Oh my god! Like all the grass texture, like the grass and everything. Not texture, the grass texture, the grass, like the long grass and everything. Yeah, when the game first starts out, the title screen, uh, or like uh, after, well, once you play far enough into it, and uh, you actually get the title of the game coming in as your as your character's riding your horse through it. Your character yeah. actually reach down and put your hand through it as you're, uh, you know, through the little, you know, the tail end of the tall grass. The um, the pollen of it, I guess. Is that the right terminology for it? The seeds or whatever? It'd be the petals. Yeah, it's sure. touching like the petals of the, the flowers. Yeah, he runs it. Actually, if you slow walk through uh, long grass, he actually will do the same thing. He just put his. He will just open his hand up as he walks through it. That's a nice little touch. Little, little, little details like that are nice. Um, yeah, so at any time you need like a little refresher, like the, the wind is not like strong enough or something like for you to see where to go. You can always swipe up on the uh, touchpad. Don't push down. You just swipe up, and it'll do like a bigger, like a stronger gust where you can see more of the direction where it's going. Um, if you swipe um, to the right, um, then you can actually it will either pull out your sword if it's if it's sheath, or you put your sword back in like after a good fight, and you uh, you you swipe right on the D pad. Your character, if it's a bloodied sword, he will actually clean it in a couple of different animations. There's one where he'll wipe it on his sleeve, on his non-dominant hand, and then put it back in. There's one where he just swipes it down, whoosh, and he gets it off that yeah, way. Flick the and blood off. <laughs> yeah, and apparently the uh, blood splatter is pretty realistic. They took time to do that. Like all the, uh, It's dynamic blood splatter. When you kill an enemy or when you swipe it off your sword, it's all unique to where it comes out, pretty much. And, uh, little details. Yeah, because at, uh, at, at the end of some of those fights, you look like a fucking Freddy Krueger movie. Like, so you'll end some of these fights just covered in blood, head to toe. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, look at Kurosawa films. That's a yeah. lot of blood shoot down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They, did, they didn't back blood. down. Uh, yeah, they didn't back down from that stuff. Like, there's some blood in this game. Like, it's it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and also, if you swipe down on the touchpad, you can bow at any time to anything. You just bow. You can go up to random people, bow to them. They will bow back at you because you are Lord Sakai. And so it's always nice. People know of you. Uh, you can. Uh, there's actually a little. Um, you can go to temples. You always. You can bow down at special temples. There's a frog statue you can do it at. There's a little sign that says bow at it. And uh, you, when you bow at it, a bunch of frogs will just appear out of nowhere <laughs> all around you. It's hilarious. There's other ones where butterflies will show up. It's There's a couple of different ones. Um, a nice little thing. Uh, to earn more resolve, you find fox dens. And this is the best part of the game, probably. Uh, you Pretty much when you get to a fox den, a fox will come out. And you follow it to a little um, Inari shrine. And then you, bat, you pray at the Inari shrine as the fox is right beside you. And at the end of it, most times, sometimes they, uh, they're not there at the end if it's too narrow of an area. But a lot of times after you get done praying at it. The fox will still be there, and you go up to it, and you hit R2, and you pet the little fox! You pet the fox! You pet the little yeah. red good boy! It's pretty cute. Oh, so the best feature. I forget what swiping left on this thing does. How do I forget what that does? Oh, well. Because there's a lot of controls in the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I the combat didn't get, take a lot to get used to. Not at all. Definitely not as much as um Jedi... Was it Fallen Order? Was that the last Fallen one that came Order. out? Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the combat in this is much better than Fallen Order. I enjoyed the hell out of Fallen Order, but the combat in this plays better and it builds on itself better. Like well, as more, you're learning techniques, cash. yeah. As you, but as you're learning techniques and adding to your arsenal, like each new step, like fits a nice process. Like it builds on itself very well. And you can always build up. Uh, there's a bunch of different perk, um, not wheels, um, trees, skill trees. There's a bunch of different there's three different categories and there's subcategories in those and uh me right now i'm just shortly after i got into the third act i have all my all of them filled in nice, Everything, nice. yeah so, so yeah the, so depending upon your play style you can start putting in points into what you want to do and it's, it's pretty nice and actually in the third you don't unlock a feature until the third act it's called ghost stance Pretty much, you kill everything in one hit, and this it turns everything that like Kurosawa mode black and white, but it doesn't have the film grain or the sound. Oh, nice! But and you pretty much kill everybody in one strike, and as soon as you do that strike, it turns the whole screen to red, like a red filter over it. <laughs> like, yeah, it is cool to looking. Look forward to. Yeah, it's pretty nice. This this game, if you have a PlayStation Four, do yourself a service. This is worth the purchase. Well worth the purchase. Especially if, if like those Ubisoft games are your cup of tea, like like I enjoy them. They're they're a good formula. It works. It's entertaining. Every every uh, mission in the game feel like even the side missions could be its own like little samurai little tale of a movie. It feels it has that feel to it. Especially yeah. like the main side missions where you're trying to recruit the um, your people your people to help you out to rescue your uncle. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, I really like the one with the, the the sensei that teaches archery. The first like kind of main side mission you do after the yeah, the, oh, yeah. the blacksmith. Yeah, the archer. Like the archer him. dude's cool. Uh and oh yeah, since you I just now realized since you're trying to save your uncle, now I can't get it out of my head the Jackie Chan adventures. Uncle <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Yeah, I just checked on Forbes, they got an article up. Uh Ghost of Tsushima has PS4's highest ever user score on Metacritic. It's got an eighty three. Is that the, the user or is that the uh, critics? Uh, the critics is 83. The user score is 9.3. And it's oh. the first one after their post. You have to wait 36 hours to do a, a score. 
So like it's their their new system, but it has eleven thousand reviews in, and it's sitting at a nine point three for the users. Like that's a lot of reviews. All right, yeah, the Metacritic score of, of eighty three is with one hundred and three critic reviews. So it's this part's good. A little, this part's gonna be a little bit of an editorial. Now, uh, I'm not too sure. How was uh, homosexuality treated back in the those days in Japan? Was it twelve seventy three? I think the year is. Because it seems like the, there's only been like two times where they kind of showed it out in the story. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't heard anything about this, with, especially with how The Last of Us Part 2, those anti-SJW people attacked the hell out of it. How come no one's been talking about this, I wonder? Like, it's just subtle moments, but I'm like, it's a little hmm. weird Weird that I haven't heard about it. I mean, I'm happy with it. You don't have you know, assholes just going around being assholes. But whatever. It's a good story. The whole story is great. Save your uncle... Kill the Koto cunt. You're doing great. <laughs> God, now I'm going to hear that all the time I play. Uncle! Oh, oh, and the guy who plays <laughs> Koto Kun, or, or the, uh, the, the, the model form. Um, I mentioned that, um, that YouTube channel, Guga Foods. I think they're also Suvi Everything. They also have a channel. The main guy of that, I forget his name, but it looks like him. Pretty much Koto Kun looks like him. It is ridiculous. It's hilarious. So yeah, there you go. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the game, Willie. Well, you should too. I've got a huge backlog. Maybe I'll get to it one day. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Do I hear little bitch excuses? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> That's right. How's that a bitch excuse? It's just an excuse. Because you a bitch. And mm. it's an excuse. Mm. <laughs> I don't make the categories. You do. No, you literally just made the category. Well, fine. I made the category and you fit it. It's not very nice, Willie. When was I supposed to be nice? I don't know. I was just hoping that maybe it'd you know be what, nice Barry, to me. You know what, you know what, Chris? You know what, Chris? You're right. You're an awesome guy, Chris. You do this show greatly. I appreciate everything you do. You're right. I'm sorry. All I need is a little positive affirmation in the middle of a pandemic. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a high five, <laughs> even though you can't see it. He's just trying to keep you from putting up the ugly fucking child picture again. Oh, Willie likes care. that child picture. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Willie was the child care. before the child was on Disney Plus. All right. That was oh the. Ch- the other yeah, fucking child. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Disney's The Kid with Bruce Willis. <laughs> That's why I was like, what? Willie was the ugly child, was the child before Baby Yoda was the child. For those that don't recall, it's on screen right now. It was a gag given to us by Keith the Destroyer. He made that for us, if I recall correctly. Yep. I mean, I mean uh, uh, yeah, I'm proud of that line. And Kotokan's played by uh, Patrick Gallagher, who people would recognize probably as Attila the Hun from the Night at the Museum movies. Oh. So he, he's been playing the he's playing to type kind of. <laughs> so let's wrap up the news and we'll toss things over to Anthony Bachman. All right. Uh, I got news from Skybound and uh, three quick little things. Uh, rip to John Saxon, Enter the Dragon and Nancy's dad from Nightmare on Elm Street. And then sadly, ripped to one of my favorite fellow sailors, Regis Philbin. We lost Regis. We lost John Saxon. But on good news, it is Crest Williams' birthday. So happy birthday to Black Lightning. Uh, my news is from Skybound. There was an announcement, I think it was last week, and then it was followed up uh, uh, this week with the San Diego Comic-Con news. Um, Robert Kirkman's put out two big things. He's dipping back in the Walking Dead well again because, well, I mean, that's where you get all your money. Why not? They are doing a basically a a reissue of The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead comic is going to start coming out again bi-weekly, starting over with issue number one. And it will be called The Walking Dead Deluxe. 
and it's now in color. So Dave McCraig has gone McCaig has gone back and recolored the entire 193 issue series, which I'm, I'm assuming at this point he's probably like 40 issues in. I mean, I don't think he's done all of it yet. But yeah, so issues one through 193, the entire run of The Walking Dead is being republished in color, starting over, uh, see, it ended last July. When's the new issue come out? Uh, October 7th. The first issue of The Walking Dead Deluxe will hit stands with uh, colors by Dave Craig. Uh, all the original art still there, and then each issue they're going to have extra bonus material from uh, Robert Kirkman in the back. Uh, apparently, a lot of the stuff that was uh, in the trade paperback stuff like that, uh, script, you know, script stuff, little bonus stories, and then uh, they added to uh, the Invincible cartoon that they've been working on for a while. That's coming to Amazon. They added to the uh, voice casting. Where uh, see what they added? Carrie Payton. They added Zachary Quinto. Uh, Robert Kirkman. Uh, yeah, Peyton's going to be Black Samson. Zachary Quinto's going to be the voice of Robot. And then they also added in uh, Zazie Beats as Amber Bennett, Christy Amatopoulos as Doc Seismic, Walter Goggins as Cecil Stedman, uh, Greg Giffen will voice Shrinking Ray and Amanda the Monster Girl, Mark Hamill will voice uh, Art, Jillian Jacobs will voice Adam Eve. See, Melise will voice Duplicate. Jason Manzukas from frickin' the the League will voice Rex Explode, which I can't wait to hear that because that's about perfect casting. The most ridiculous character in the world, fucking Rex Explode. Uh, then uh, was oh yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson will voice Mauler One, Mauler Tool, and Monster Girl when they're the monster. And Seth Rogen is going to be Alan the Alien. So all of that was announced a couple of weeks ago. But then also they just put out with the uh, on let's see July twenty fourth. The Invincible series adds several more Walking Dead actors. So basically, Kirkman just said, hey, I leave all these people I liked working with before on the TV show. Uh, let's put them all in the cartoon I'm making. And so they decided to do the Guardians of the Globe, which now consists of Lauren Cohen, Chad Coleman, Michael Cudlitz, Lenny James, Ross Marquand, and Shaniko Martin-Green. So the Guardians of the Globe are the Invincible Universe's version of the Justice League, basically. Which, spoiler alert, they get killed really early on. But... For the episodes they're in, we're going to get Lauren Cohen as War Woman, which is kind of like the Wonder Woman version. Uh, Chad Coleman as Martian Man. Michael Cudlitz as the Red Rush. Lenny James as Darkwing. Ross Barquan is playing the Immortal and Aquarius, which is funny because their version of Aquarius is their version of Aquaman, but he's actually a fish. And so he's got a giant fish head and like gills and flippers. Like it's ridiculous looking. And uh, Sonequa Martin Green is playing the Green Ghost. So they're actually. If I remember correctly, the inside the suit of the Green Ghost was a black character. So it was already an African-American character, but they're switching the sex of the, the character from male to female. But yeah, so they're going to have, it'll be two females instead of just one female on the team. But yeah, so almost like half the cast of The Walking Dead is going to be doing voice work on the Invincible cartoon. And then, yeah, I mean, adding in the fact that uh, they'd already announced and check the, the IMDb here, Stephen Young who we all love for The Walking Dead, is playing Mark Grayson, the main character. His dad, Omni-Man, is going to be played by J.K. Simmons. And then, yeah, you also have, you got Sandra O, oh, Seth Rogen, Zazie Beats, Bar Hamill, Walter Goggins, Mae Whitman, uh, Jillian Jacobs, Zach Quinto. Like, the cast of this cartoon is going to be goddamn amazing. And honestly, I just can't wait to see it because it might be the bloodiest thing that Amazon does since The Boys. And since it's a cartoon... They may even let them get away with more. And there is no bloodier comic book in the world than Invincible. 
Ryan Otley outdid everybody. And in fact, outdid himself four times. Like the original first like ultra battle between Omni-Man and Invincible was one of the bloodiest fights in comics. And then like reading that, I was like, well, no one will ever top this. And like 15 issues later, he topped it with another fight. And then 30 issues later, he topped it with another fight. And then eventually you get a battle beast fight. That's just 30 pages of bloody splash pages. Like the, the, the bloody fighting in this comic is amazing. And so if we get all of that in the cartoon, it's going to be fantastic. But yeah, we got we got more more voice talent. You know, the the one thing that they don't have to worry about doing, you know, in person, you social distancing, you record your voice lines at home and send the shit off to animators. No one has to go on set to film when you're doing a cartoon. So at least we got cartoons to look forward to. As long as they have a good setup to record at home. I mean, true. I bitch about it all the time, but you watch a bunch of TV out there now where they've been doing voiceover work after the fact or something like that. And they just have people on their laptop mics. And I'm like, you idiots pay a hundred dollars for at least a USB mic. If you want to do television quality stuff and put a good microphone on it. <laughs> it is. Hey, funny get- the no, coronavirus no. showed that a lot of people don't know how to record at home. <laughs> hey, we all got to learn the hard way. I mean, my first cartoons, my audio wasn't the best, but I figured out pretty quick I needed to improve. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first microphone I used was the Logitech one that came with Rock Band. So, <laughs> hey, that's hey, what a lot oh, of yeah. people start with, though. But, but hey, yeah, I was not, you use what you got. Out. Yeah, but I, yeah, I moved up and I've got an ATR and I use that exclusively now. I so. mean, I don't expect those guys that are doing voiceover work for television shows and stuff like that to be sitting there and rocking like an RE320 or something like that. But when you've got like Micro hosting a show on Discovery Channel, at least give them a microphone for the Zoom call instead of just being on a laptop mic. Like they realized that three episodes in and got them some USB microphone, but. Come on. Yeah, if, was, if, if your content is all voice, make sure the voice is good. Yeah, yeah I was going I was going to say, you think that the production managers start realizing, guys, we got to Amazon some shit to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we've also seen like those nice USB bikes that people like to use. Those prices went up and they were hard to find for a while there because in the middle of a pandemic, everyone's starting a yep. podcast. Slackers, we're 411 episodes in. Where you been? <laughs> Where you been? Oh, they'll be going away just as soon as they can get back on camera and shit and flash. Uh, say, they've been going to work. That's where they've been. They've been going to work. Now they can't go to work no more. <laughs> so now they're doing podcasts. I will say I am kind of enjoying this whole work from home thing, and I am not looking forward to when I have to go back to working five days a week in the office. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, what the hell is going on? Who are you, get people? Up, put pants on and go to work. What? This it's been bullshit. 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> You, you kid, what year is it? (laughs) (laughs) There's 104 days of self-isolation and work comes along just to end it. I haven't been to the office since the end of March. And when I went back in, I went in long enough just to pick something up and left. So I haven't actually been to my desk since the end of March. I have no idea what's there. All I'm thinking is, God, I really (laughs) hope I didn't leave a banana in the drawer. (laughs) Yeah, you might have yourself a prize. I'm sure it's right by now, right? Yeah, probably. It, it, it's probably going to look like Aperture Labs in Portal 2 when you're exploring that after all those years. It's like, what? and you know, the potatoes grow into a tree and shit. Yeah. All right. So that being mm, said, I am looking, trees. I'm looking at our mm. time right now. We have done a bit of an extended episode because we had a bunch of content to cover. So we're going to start wrapping things up. We'll try not to 
make it too long because we're already an hour and 25 minutes into what is normally our hour and 15 minutes show. What's talking about? I got another 20 minutes to talk about Ghost of Shishima I've been playing. Okay. That's in the post <laughs> show then. <laughs> that being said, as we wrap things up, there's one final segment to show a bit called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and or nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe, just maybe, you might go check them out yourselves and i will kick things off first of all i have been playing more of dragon quest 11 on the switch being able to just undock it and sit in the couch and play incredibly convenient i really enjoy the game and it, the definitive edition which was a switch exclusive evidently is now coming to xbox and to ps4 so if you want to play the definitive edition on a different platform it will be there and on xbox it's coming as part of game pass which is kind of cool no, I'm already 100 hours into the my edition. That's fair. Wait, did you, did you say Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest? Dragon Quest. Well, 11. Dragon Quest Dragon was Quest. called Dragon Warrior mm. in America when it was first brought over in the 80s. Yeah. And I think the first three were called Dragon Warrior. And I think they changed it back to I think Dragon so too. Quest. Okay. I'm not 100% I, I sure I, on that. I played one of those a while ago where you had like an airship and traveled across the world and like well, that's all of them. fought like slimes and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's all always of them. slimes. Is all okay. Slimes yeah, I remember always. the I remember the original like I I had like the original Nintendo Power Dragon Warrior where you got the map. Nice. Uh, let's use with Dragon Power, which was a Dragon Ball game. Yeah. Uh, other stuff I've been getting well, into. Picked up Fable Three again on Game Pass because I watched the Microsoft Xbox Games event and their very last reveal was they're working on another Fable. I love the Fable games, so I picked that one up. I enjoy farting at people and burping in their faces and stuff like that because I'm very mature. Fables were always fun, yeah. No wonder I didn't like those games. Uh, I also, like I said, watched the whole Xbox Games event after the fact. It was only an hour long where they revealed a bunch of different games. But what it did was continue to prove that Microsoft's Game Pass plan, it's it's pretty compelling. 60 bucks a year for Game Pass, and on day one you get all the console exclusives, in-house ones that you can play. They've got a bunch of games they showed off that are coming soon. It looked like a lot of fun. And when you do the math, it's 60 bucks for a year, or you could buy one game a year that Microsoft puts out. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem quite good. Yeah. Not going to lie. The, the value is there. They didn't announce anything about hardware costs or release dates, anything like that. There are still rumors that release dates will be mid-November because of the release date that Ubisoft put on some stuff around that same time frame. Now, I also heard something that they... That, pe- that people can't buy the year of Xbox Gold, is Xbox it? Xbox Live Gold, the 12-month card, has gone away. I There are I various some rumors. rumors as to what is going on is that they're trying to push people more towards Game Pass, which is 60 bucks a year versus 60 bucks regular price for Gold a year, and Game Pass includes Gold in it. So that's probably oh. what they're doing there. Fair enough. Like, why, if, it's no ex- if it's no extra, you know, cost why not yeah that, that's my assumption I, there's probably something in the works here there's also another rumor that xbox live gold may go free so that your online gaming and stuff like that is free and if you want the and if you want an enhanced version for lack of a better term then you get game pass which gives you a bunch of games and stuff with it so that's all tbd we don't really know what's going on there the i'm not going to get into the games that were showing off at the xbox event we can talk about it next week or something like that there was some pretty cool stuff though uh, other things I've been getting into, and I'm not a huge NHL fan, but I got some friends that live in the Seattle area. Seattle got a new NHL team and finally got a name for it. They're the Kraken, and I love the name and the logo they've put together, and it's one of very few sports teams whose name doesn't end in an S. 
Like you've got the Packers, the Lions, the Bears, the Patriots, stuff oh like my. that. Everything's almost always like pluralized and has an S yeah. at the end. So this is the Kraken. And the logo looks awesome. They've got like a stylized Seattle S that has like a tentacle in it. It looks really cool. Oh, and their colors no. are neat. No, Willie, don't go there. The hentai no, community is going to be no, a fan. No, no. Actually, yeah, they will. They'll be buying it. Bad Willie. Bad Willie. The animated logo where the actual tentacle goes up into the S is gorgeous. Yeah. And they like, also the have, design a on that is so they have an anchor version where like the, the middle spoke of the anchor looks like the space needle that it hangs off. Nice. Of. It's really well done. I've been really impressed with it. Whoever came up with the idea, it's awesome. I just wish I could buy a t-shirt right an now. An underpaid graphic designer. Probably. It's possible. <laughs> More than likely. Hey, what do I know, right? But I'm trying to find. Okay. So I was supposed to tell a story, right, Willie? Hey, tell that story. I got to tell a story. So we will reference my Twitter from uh, July 24th. Uh-huh. And I will use that to start the story. Uh, so wrapping up my work and my dog starts growling at the back door. I look up to see why he's annoyed. And my neighbor is popping a squat in her backyard, taking a pee break, then runs back inside. So how's everyone else's morning going? Bear in mind, I live in a townhouse community. I live in a row of townhouses, and behind me is another yeah. row of townhouses. Our decks are, like, right in f- There's, like, maybe a 15-foot gap between our decks. This was catty corner to me. I kind of just paused and went, there's three bathrooms in these houses. <laughs> what the hell? So she yeah, was, was literally in her backyard, leaning against the post that the deck is sunk into in the ground, popping <laughs> a squat, taking a leak, and then ran back inside while my dog growled at her from the back door. Was she in her, like... On Skype with their friends playing Truth or Dare? Like, what the I, hell? I have no... I mean, and bear in mind... That's my, so strange. My Fridays, my days tend to wrap up early because I front-load my schedule. So this was at, like, 9.30 in the morning on Friday. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, when nature calls, I guess, but yeah. it's almost so just as fast wasn't to, drunk. to go up one flight of stairs in the house to where the half-bathroom is. <laughs> than it is to go out your basement door and piss in the yard. So that's why I won't walk around back barefoot in my backyard, Willie, because I don't want to walk in human piss. Chris. Chris. Willie. Chris. Willie. Chris. Willie. Am I supposed to be surprised by this? Do you not remember when you went on site during the podcast? You left the podcast to go take a picture of a unicorn car. I'll let you figure out what the meaning of that is. I forgot about that. And that was actually kind of fun. But yes, someone had uh, taken a marital aid that had a suction cup and stuck it on the middle of someone's uh, car hood in my neighborhood. Yeah. But Willie, yeah, here's like... the thing to consider. That's when the students were in town. The students haven't moved back to town yet. Either that or all the boys are not back in town. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Peter. I said either that or somebody misunderstood what jumping your car meant. Yeah, it could be. Sorry, Willie. I'm no selling these whole boys are back in town jokes. I'm over it. No, I said the boys are not back in I town. I know. I'm no selling it. I'm that's no selling. fair. But that's I what I've been care. getting into is there's been adventures in waterworks in my backyard. And I went, hmm, I'm glad I okay. wear my shoes when okay. most of the kids who play in the backyard don't. Regardless of what you heard, I'm not into water sports. Did I say you were into water sports? It, you were inferring it. I didn't infer anything. Hit that button. Someone's defensive. If anybody wants up. to send him emails, Willie loves water sports and poop jokes. Trip, trip, Fuck trip. you. Send him videos. At South Porky. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I've been getting into. Uh, Anthony, what you been getting into? Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> uh, yeah, played a whole lot of that game. Um, I've actually, 
I, I realize that like trying to play two different games of the battle that both have battle passes that you're basically paying to play and then having to get through levels was making both games not fun. So I finished the last battle pass for Dead by Daylight and I'm kind of backing off of that game and just playing Apex now. And I actually took like two weeks off from Apex and wasn't playing any of that. And so when I played Apex the last two nights in a row, it's actually been enjoyable. I haven't been stressing out. I haven't been raging like when I die. Like I've actually been enjoying the game again, so that's been nice. Um, yeah, playing that, been doing a bunch of reading. Um, I'm actually ahead of schedule on my Goodreads challenge. I've got 40 of my 50 books for 2020 done already. Um, I reread the first volume of Umbrella Academy, then read volumes two and three. I uh, read the first two volumes of the Donny Cates Venom. I uh, read the first volume of the Kevin Smith Bionic Man from uh, Dynamite. And I'm on the second volume of that now. Uh, finally read uh, the S- Deluxe Sweet Tooth. I read uh, Sex Criminals. Uh, I read Rust. I read the first uh, volume of Space Bandits. I uh, read the comic for the Old Guard. So yeah, I've been torn through a bunch of trade paperbacks. So I'm also working on uh, another Stephen King novel. And then um, watching a fair bit of Netflix as well. Because like I said, yeah, I'm just sitting at home doing nothing. So might as well. Uh, I made it through three seasons of Winona Earp. And I now love that show and can't wait for season four. That show is freaking hilarious. Uh, Un- Undead Doc Holiday is one of the coolest things ever. And just the whole Earp story and the, the curse that's on the family is just a, a cool conceit. Uh, I got a couple of those comics downloaded to my uh, Comicsology account that I'm going to read after I finish up some of the other ones I borrowed in the Comicsology uh, Unlimited account before uh, my free trial runs out. And then um, I started the new uh, Frank Miller show, The Curse. It's uh, about like a female witch who ends up getting Excalibur, kind of. That- like. That's three episodes oh my god! In. Oh yeah, it's terrible. I saw the preview yeah. on Netflix. I haven't watched it. It's so yet. bad. It's terrible. Yeah, I've watched like the first three episodes, and yeah, so far like it's not awesome. But like everyone, I'm intrigued because I want to see what they're going like, where they're going with it. The guy playing Merlin is kind of cool. He's like a really weird take on oh. the character. But yeah, it's it's a strange show so far. But like, I'm interested to see where it's gonna go. When they first showed Merlin in the castle, like it's just trying way too hard to be like Game of Thrones, and then and then every every character is an edge lord. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ, pull the knife off your fucking wrist, Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's it it's definitely it it's it's not the best thing I've watched. Like I'm I'd be much happier watching the next season of Winona Earp than what I'm seeing on this show. So, but I'm uh, you know I'm giving it a shot. I'm three episodes in. Like it, it's interesting because I want to see like. The way they do like this, the the main character's like elemental magic power, because it's not like she's a magician, but like when she gets pissed off, she's like part fey and like summons roots to attack people, and so like she's hmm. strangled people and hung them up in trees with uh, roots and branches. So it's it's a weird take on it. Eventually, apparently, she's gonna like because at one point she had Excalibur, but now already like three episodes in, she doesn't have it. So it's. Yeah, it's just it's weird. I want to see where they're going with the story because it's you know it's a different take on the Arthurian legend, which you know the, you know some deep well that's been plunged a bunch of times. So it's cool to see a different version of it. But yeah, it's it's interesting so far. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like three or four times already. It's like just kill that fucker. Like that person's gonna murder your family and everybody you love. Like just kill him. Why are you standing there with a sword acting stupid? Just kill him. It's it's definitely weird. But yeah, it's. It, it's interesting to see where they go, so I'm gonna keep watching that. And then, what was the other one? I think I'd read something else, and I can't remember. 
But yeah, lots of comic books. The Comicsology Unlimited, if you haven't done the trial run on it, there's so many great trades that you can read for free for 30 days on that. Like, it's worth checking out. But yeah, that's what I've been getting into. Uh, Mr. Willie Nelson, we'll let you go, and then we'll let our uh, special guest finish up for us. Uh, got, I'll Willie? be quick. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, um, Dead by Daylight. Oh, and I've been playing a lot more Wreckfest. Been enjoying the ever-living hell out of that game. Uh, so much so that I made a Spotify playlist, and I play that through the PlayStation, and I turn down the in-game soundtrack because it gets repetitive really fast, and I play my own soundtrack, and it makes it so much better. It's so much fun to race nice. against people online while you're listening to Highway to Hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, nice. Let me see. Uh, the, the movies? No, no movies I can think of. Uh, yeah, let's just end with that. Peace. All right, so uh, Peter, wrap things up for us. What do you mean getting into? And also, please tell our listeners where they can go to find more of your content. Okay, if you want to check out my cartoons and stuff, you can go to uh, YouTube, type in Sign to More Animation Studios. It'll take you right to the page, and you can check out my stuff. Uh, for me, the big thing that I'm getting into, like a week ago, um, I'm, uh, on LinkedIn, I'm connected with a couple people who work on uh, who work on the Phineas and Ferb cartoon show. And they started working on a Phineas and Ferb movie for Disney+. Plus. Well, uh, like a week ago, I think it was, they announced a release date for it, August 28th on Disney+. Plus. And yesterday at Comic-Con, they released, uh, they released the first song from the movie with Candace going, along, going down the street singing What a Beautiful Day. And it's like no time has passed. It's like, that's the reason I'm wearing uh, the Phineas and Ferb shirt right now. But uh, Phineas and Ferb, it looks like everybody's back and back in form like they're supposed to be. And I kind of want to get the word out because there's actually a Phineas and Ferb movie that's been in development for a few years. And uh, Swampy Marsh, one of the creators and producers, has said that the Disney Plus movie has nothing to do with it. So if the Disney Plus is enough of a hit, we can get the movie. So if you want some something that's, that's friendly and unabashedly positive for a change, and something that's genuinely funny and just wants to make you laugh, this is the show you want, and it's uh, August 28th. You can find, they've put up like clips, but we're talking like real clips. We're talking, they're barely 20 seconds long. There's like three of them, I think. But the main thing is that the song is there, and the show's always had musical numbers. The only person uh, from the original show that's not involved in this is the guy who did the voice of Ferb, which is fine because, you know, Ferb only spoke like one or two lines an episode anyway. But yes, Phineas and Ferb is coming back and they just released the first song and it's going to be August 28th and it's going to be awesome. So that's what I've been getting into. I've been waiting excitedly for this because this I'm yeah. Black Widow, Wonder Woman 1984. I don't care. Phineas and Ferb, <laughs> I am so with. Phineas and Ferb was is great, great stuff. They they I really am looking forward to this coming back. So everyone's told me it's really good. I haven't watched it, but it's on Disney Plus, and in the middle of a pandemic, I have nothing but time, so I may need to start. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the key thing about it is that it is a positive show. None of the characters, at least none of the main characters, is truly mean on the show. I mean, even Dr. Doofenshmirtz, the mad scientist, is more interested in proving he's evil than actually being evil. And uh, uh, Swami Martian, oh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but, he, but he's the co-creator and his partner. They met while working on, uh, on, fa on Family Guy and The Simpsons. Their uh, cubicles were across from each mm -hmm. other. 
and uh, they and they bonded over their mutual love of things pop culture. Phineas and Ferb actually manages to sneak an Evil Dead reference into one of its scenes. Nice. So, yeah, if you can sneak an Evil Dead reference into a Disney property, you automatically get my respect. And the whole gist of the show is that uh, Phineas and Ferb are two kids on summer vacation, and they're just trying to find something to do every day, like building an elevator to the moon or or building a, a giant tire swing that's rocket propelled in that. And uh, their sister, Candace, is always trying to bust them, you know, expose what they're doing. She's not doing it to try and stop them. She just wants to prove to people she's not crazy that her brothers are actually doing this. Because her mom hears these stories that she just thinks it's just their wild imagination. There's also usually a subplot involving uh, Perry the platypus, uh, this guy over here. Uh, he's their pet platypus, but he's actually a secret agent. There's a, there's a mad scientist in town named Dr. Doofenshmirtz, and he's his rival. And so there's always a B-plot with Perry trying to stop whatever plot it is. And somehow everything comes together to erase the evidence of what Phineas and Ferb have been working on to keep everything a secret. And it's all, it's a, it's all a massive coincidence when it works, but it is just so funny. And the timing, everybody working on the show just knows their job and knows what they're doing. And... This is going to be another uh, another swing at a feature length story, and I'm so looking forward to it. Nice, that, that I can see where that'd be exciting. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I highly recommend it. It it really does get to be a hoot at times. They even make fun of their own conventions. I mean, there's times with uh, with Perry that <laughs> we're switching it up today. We're uh, one time Perry uh, Perry needs to borrow uh, Doofenshmirtz's giant robot. And when he wakes him up in the middle of the night, wait, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be here until the morning to foil my evil plans. What are you doing here now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're they're rivals, but they don't exactly hate each other and they will work together quite frequently. So it's like that's kind of the way they spend their day, too. One of the funniest jokes was when a plan wasn't working out and Doof was complaining about how the show lasted for four years. And Doof was complaining, yeah, the summer just seems to drag on and on. It's like it's been going on for four years now. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. Great stuff. And like I said, with the movie coming on 28th, I'm going to get a Disney subscription for that. Uh, I didn't bother. I have apparently they're not doing the free trials anymore because apparently a bunch of people were going to do that to see Hamilton, which I have no clue what Hamilton is. I don't give a damn. But it's like, yeah, I'll gladly pay the seven bucks so I can watch the Phineas and Ferb movie. So, yeah, give me there. Yeah, Hamilton's okay. Um, I don't understand all of the hype. I thought it was fun, but. Uh... That's fine. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad people love it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I don't think. Yeah, I still haven't watched it, and I have like I paid for my Disney Plus for like the the next three years, and it's on there, but I haven't felt the urge to sit and watch it yet. I, I'm guessing it's kind of like Cats or something like that. It's a tourist musical. It's not meant to really be anything big. It's just meant for something to for people to go and say, "Hey, I saw a Broadway play" or something like that. So it's like you know it, that's fine, but it's uh, it, it's not for me. My wife oh my watched God. Cats the other day. I told her I wouldn't watch until the butthole cut comes out, though. Take the kid to see the cats. Come on. <laughs> my only reference to Cats is from Jersey Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss George Carlin. Uh, the, the, only, the only place that I've actually gone out of my way to see, I saw Spamalot. Uh, I managed to somehow finagle a way to see the producers during its Chicago trial run. I was friends with a guy who worked at the theater, and he basically told me, if you just stay over here and stay out of the way, no one's going to bother you. You can see the play. So that was how I got to see it, and it was amazing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, 
it could, it could just be my inexperience. I mean, remember, I'm a movie geek, so I'm more familiar with that medium than theater. But it's just things like Cass and Hamilton. I just I just don't see what makes them what they are. I've heard that the dancing is is a, is more technically complex than most of what's out there. I understand it incorporates hip hop in that, and but I just it just doesn't make me say I gotta watch it. So it's That's like fair. yeah, you you guys enjoy it, you know, and and it's already got one of the strangest fanfic communities I've seen that popped up uh, an HIV infected mermaid. That's, uh, that's, that's some pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good fanfic. I'm sorry. Right it's there. not as, it's not as entertaining as my immortal in the Harry Potter world. Oh, what is, <laughs> you, you, know, you, you know, you, 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 you can come close, but no one's ever going to match the Mount Everest of moronosity in the Himalaya of horseshit of fanfic. That is my immortal. <laughs> There was there was a podcast out there, and the guys that hosted had been on here. It was called Lettuce Nerd. It was Greg and Leroy that had done it. This is hundreds of episodes ago they did this. They were on our show, and the podcast has been gone for probably two or three years at this point in time. But they did at least a two-part episode where they did live reading, where they actually casted roles of My Immortal. I had two lines in there. I got to be <laughs> Professor Sluthorn. <laughs> Well, I guess, I guess everyone's done Eye of Argon, so you got to find something. <laughs> it was really entertaining, though. I don't even think it's available to download the podcast anymore, but they did like a live reading where they actually cast different people in different roles of My Immortal, and it was pretty damn funny. <laughs> yeah, I started reading that like, oh my God, this is something, isn't it? Uh, it sure you know, is. Fanfic- Fanfic can be interesting, but there's times when it's like, mm, no, you need to, uh, you know, put the keyboard down. <laughs> yeah, you, you try and tell them, but they just keep chiefing on that pipe. <laughs> You're not wrong. That being said, though, it is time for us to start shutting things down before we uh, play the outro and get out of here. You guys have any final thoughts for anyone who's watching or listening? Final thoughts? Join me and take down the Koto Cunt. Phineas and Ferb rules. Where you? Yeah, followed up with that. <laughs> hey, I didn't say I had to join you. I just had to be contrarian. That's what I do. That's fair. That's really <laughs> fair. On that note, we are going to start shutting things down. A big thank you to everyone that did join us, and a thank you to Peter for joining us as a guest host this week. It's always fun having you here, buddy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Bye, guys. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us, atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com, on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.